Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. Lieutenant Colonel Karen Kwiatkowski joins us now. Colonel Karen, thank you very much uh, for joining us. How dangerous to international stability do you think uh, might be or is the um, unleashed Israeli military into Gaza. <laughs> I, I think it's extremely dangerous. I'm, I'm on the side of people who are extremely worried about um, potential for this to expand, um, not just out of control there, but um, have ramifications that uh, we in the United States are not prepared for and much of the rest of the world uh, has not seen before. And, you know, it's, it's not, uh, I'll repeat something I heard on a a, a military guy, this is not the world of 20 years ago. It's not the world of 40 years ago. Um, you know, we have whole numerous generations now that have grown up connected information-wise, visually connected, uh, you know, connected emotionally to other people. We have, the West is filled with people who have been raised that we should have peace and justice, even though their governments don't believe in this. The people themselves expected. And so what we're seeing and what's happening and what's likely to continue to happen uh, in Gaza is uh, it's going to have an impact, which I don't think we're prepared for. The uh, right before we went on air, these Israelis admitted bombing a refugee camp uh, in Gaza. We don't even know the number of uh, casualties, but it will be a lot. and We'll be hearing about it very soon. And then they boasted, well, there was a Hamas leader in there, and we were after him, and all the other deaths are collateral damage under the laws of war. Well, that, that is an absurd reading of the laws of war, uh, mm -hmm. but it is uh, characteristic of what we might expect to see uh, as the IDF marches southward uh, into Gaza. Do you think... I know you're not an infantry person, you're Air Force, but do you think uh, that this is a lure to lure them into a pincer movement, a trap? Or do you think they have the upper hand and will continue to uh, demolish the whole society there, human and infrastructure, as it existed on October 6th? 
I think the intention of the, of the Israeli government, the current government, um, if they can do it, if they can get away with it internationally, and if they are capable militarily of doing it, is to demolish, it's to clear, it is to uh, depopulate the Gaza, depopulate it uh, initially of, of Palestinians, both you know, Hamas, uh, other Palestinians. Uh, they want the people out of there and they need to eliminate uh, the possibility of that second, that constantly concerning second front uh, or first front. But they have two borders they're particularly concerned about Israel and this is one of them. And so uh, they want to solve this problem. This is a problem solving exercise. Uh, and one of the uh, national newspapers, one of the, I forget which one in Israel published a leaked document that put forth exactly this plan as the recommended plan by the Ministry of Intelligence, which is not organized the way ours is. Uh, but the very fact that that would go out, uh, and you know, I say leaked, well, everything that's leaked is leaked on purpose. And it is uh, expected that this was put out into the local paper, the, the national paper in Hebrew, not not translated, um, but put out there to see what the if the if the Israelis themselves would support this uh, in their in their anger and their frustration and their fear that they're going through right now, would this be something that uh, could work? And of course, one of the big problems, and they admitted it. They said this is one thing we have to take care of is international opinion because it will look like we are exterminating a. Uh, defenseless population. That's what it will look like. So can we, how do we shift and shape this to make it work? So I think they clearly are thinking about it and possibly going to do it. I, I know you're not a pollster um, and your field is uh, military morality, I'll call it, uh, <laughs> for which I have the highest of regard. Uh, but do you think the Israeli public uh, supports uh, Netanyahu in this, um, in this campaign? Uh, knowing as it must what will happen, how the rage of the rest of the Arab world will show you President Erdogan again in a in a minute, um, and what this could do to Israel. Yeah, I think uh, I think that they are not on board completely, and we know already prior to October seventh and this event, this attack um, that was so frightening they were not on board with Netanyahu at that point. I mean, he has uh, divided the country politically uh, in, in a number of different ways. Um, he is a lightning rod as an individual. He's making changes that many in Israel don't want. Um, so they weren't really supportive of him. But what we see is what we always see when a country is attacked. Um, people fall behind even the worst and the most incompetent of presidents. And we certainly did it ourselves uh, behind uh, the great the great George W. Bush um, after 9-11. So it's expected that there will be a honeymoon period, I think, where Israel will support and uh, not go against Netanyahu because it's a crisis, it's a war, it's a wartime government. Um, how it plays out over the next uh, weeks and months and how it's how the world attention uh, goes and what the reaction is, that, that will make the difference. But you know, Israelis, I mean, they live in a small country surrounded by ostensible enemies who, who don't want them there. Um, they uh, care very much about survival. They they don't want to move anywhere else. If Israelis wanted to move somewhere else, they certainly could. The world is open. They live there because they want to live there. They love it there. So they don't want their life and what they have destroyed. 
Okay, nobody does, and they certainly don't. So I think there's a potential for a, I guess, peace. We're not allowed to use the word ceasefire, but I think there is a movement, uh, as there always is in countries, particularly like Israel, that is a peace movement. That is a movement for how do we make something work? Um, and of course, obviously, when you're blinded by emotion and rage and a really bad political leadership, it, it's a problem to see how this is going to come out. I think that uh, the Israeli public will turn on Prime Minister Netanyahu as soon as the war is over. This happened on his watch. This happened while he slept, figuratively and literally. Um, and his his great claim to fame, every time he ran and won for prime minister, it was I and I alone can keep you safe. And here this is the greatest <laughs> attack in the history of their country because his intelligence, his um, community, his military uh, and the political community uh, slept. And he knows that once the reason they're not going to change horses in the middle of the war, but once the war is over, the wrath will rise up against him. Uh, take a look at uh, the latest uh, clip from uh, President Erdogan of Turkey and tell me if you think uh, this is dangerous. Hey, Israel, how did you come here? How did you enter here? You are an occupier. You are an organization. Turkish people know this. Israel, we will declare you as a war criminal to the world. What is being done in Gaza is not defense, but an open and despicable massacre. This determined and faithful stance exhibited by Gazans will be written in history as a glorious epic of resistance. All right, now here's a country many times the size of Israel with a military many times the size of Israel with a leader who would love to be the general generic leader of public opinion amongst Arabs row, row, uh, and, and rising up uh, about 500 to 750,000 people on a Sunday afternoon. Wow. Yeah, and, and as I'm watching him, I'm, you know, for many years, uh, Turkey was Israel's friend in the region. I mean, a trading partner, um, they worked together. And uh, I know when I was in the Pentagon, we considered that relationship to be a uh, one that advantaged us to some extent because Turkey being NATO and, uh, you know, both our friends working together. Um, for him to, uh, you know, he he's a political leader and he understands the people's uh, concerns and those crowds are everywhere, not just in Turkey. Um, so he is definitely on the right side of the global opinion, at least mass public opinion of, about Israel. Um, yeah, Israel's being isolated. That's what I, isolated in a way that however, how will they get back into the society of polite nations? I don't see it happening. Um, and, and this is beyond them dumping Netanyahu, which I agree he, is, he has failed them in, in many, many ways and taken a big gamble with what he's doing. But um, even if they stopped, even if they did the ceasefire now and stopped invading and decimating Gaza, called it even, even if they did that, Israel is already in a hole that will take far better leadership than they've had and maybe more money than they have to dig themselves out of with the rest of the world community. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. 
It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Do you see the American military coming to Israel's aid if uh, outside forces try to oust Israel from Gaza? Yeah, see, this is the problem. <laughs> you know, we shouldn't. We shouldn't do that. Um, but uh, when you all these aircraft carriers, you've got two in the Med or soon to be two in the Eastern Med. We've got Persian Gulf uh, carriers. I think there's. I think someone was saying there's a third of our fleet uh, sitting there uh, as sitting ducks potentially for all the various folks that might want to, uh, you know, do something to one of our carriers as either a false flag or as an actual reaction to. Uh, military threat or military action. Yeah, we're there. Uh, our government speaks as one with Netanyahu. Um, how we got to here, I, I don't, I, I can't believe it, but uh, it does. And so we are highly vulnerable to being sucked into this very deep hole that Israel has dug for itself. Do you um, uh, think that there is a danger that other countries will get involved? You wrote a, a compelling piece recently published at lewrockwell.com called Imagine. I'll just read the first few lines. Imagine a big war, global war with the U.S., the NATO artifice, and tiny Israel against the rest of the world. Can you imagine that the neocons in uh, the American government, those who lust for blood at all counts. Somebody uh, quoted for me the other day, um, my friend Tom Woods, whom I think you know, saying in America, no matter who you vote for, you got John McCain. Well, <laughs> on, on foreign policy, that seems to be the case. His acolyte, Lindsey Graham, is trying to outdo the late Senator McCain. But we'll, we'll, we'll keep personalities uh, out of this. Do you think the neocons are so thirsty for blood that they would allow Israel, uh, that they would generate a big war and then not come to Israel's defense? I think uh, in the neocons' uh, perspective that the United States is invincible. And so they not only wish to uh, promote and support Israel in its wars, um, which is, it doesn't have much peace. So most of what Israel does seems to be like, and the United States and neocons really want to support that. But Neocons do it with a perspective, very ignorant perspective, that we are invincible in the United States, that the world is afraid of us, that we will prevail against any enemy or any combination of enemies. And that's not true. Um, they are mistaken about that. They aren't military strategists. They aren't great minds. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, most of them are poorly educated in strategy. They don't, they don't really understand what they're advocating for. So 
So I think that they would uh, sink the United States. And Israel's sinking itself, and we're helping. But when if Israel sinks deeper into war or becomes a becomes a, uh, an expanded war, we will be right there with it, um, fighting and being fought with. And in the neocons' view, that's a good thing because we're invincible. Okay, but they haven't been following. Well, where have they been for the last? Yeah. Uh, 30 or 40 years if they think we're invincible. Vietnam, they, they, Iraq, they, Afghanistan, where are these people? Well, they certainly don't fight in any of these wars, and they don't have any relatives that are in the military. You know, a lot of folks get an image of how uh, good or not good or how effective or ineffective our military is because they have relatives or they themselves have been a part of it, or they closely monitor, uh, and they have a perspective that allows them to understand this is good and this is not good. This is effective. This is not effective. The neocons um, are a very isolated group. They none, there's none that have worn a uniform of the Amer of the United States. Maybe an IDF uniform, not an American uniform. They don't have relatives or children in the military. They don't have cousins in the military. They don't really think about the military. And if and, and they just figure it's there. It's there to be used. It's it's never going to change. It doesn't evolve. It's not impacted by other other factors. Um, they just think it's there. It's like a given. And that is that is a huge mistake because uh, our military is not in any way, shape or form uh, capable of uh, conducting a one front war, a two front war or a three front war. We can't do any of that. And certainly we can't do it uh, in the Med and in the Persian Gulf. That is that is the death knell for uh, our military capability. And um, I, I, don't, I don't know, maybe they maybe they think they'll skip all that and go straight to nuclear war. I don't know. That's what concerns me a little bit because they are so unrealistic and poorly educated about how uh, military combat works. And I suppose you have to add a parenthetical phrase here. And they surround the president of the United States. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, they're isolated in Washington, but they are far more influential uh in decision making of the Congress, um, our president, uh, even even to some extent, our military leadership, uh, which has been uh, criticized as being, and I think I criticized him more than one time, but our military leadership itself is not a thinking, we don't have a thinking man's army, we do not have an army that is well led, an air force that's well led. Uh, the Pentagon itself is just another arm of the defense industrial establishment. Um, so uh, there, no one up there in D.C. is getting very good information, unless they're watching your show or some of the other uh, places where people talk, frankly, with with a variety of people who understand how some of these things work. Uh, they don't pay attention to that. They are not educated by that. Um, and that endangers all Americans. It endangers us. And, and most of us are paying attention. And we don't we are going to be surprised if something really terrible happens. When is the last time that our military uh, was world class? When Dwight D. Eisenhower was the Supreme Allied Commander? Um, probably, I mean, in my opinion, maybe after World War II, by the standards of the day, um, we were last in standing and I think um, had probably had high quality people. We had a lot of skilled, experienced people. Um, you know, I, I would like to say that it extended, you know, past then. But if you look at Vietnam as a case study, um, or even, even Korean War, but if you look at Vietnam specifically as a case study, um, already we were seeing extremely bad military and civilian leadership treating the military as, as really a plaything of Washington. 
um, mm. not for defense of the country, but just something that they could uh, move along a chessboard. And and if and if they made a mistake, that's okay. We'll just send, we'll pour more money. Uh, it's it's been in decline really since before Vietnam. But but I wish it wasn't that way. You know, I'd like to think it. We have a, a very powerful and effective military. But honestly, <laughs> I, I cannot get out of my head the lost F thirty five in South Carolina. They're running. They're putting public service announcements to the public in South Carolina, saying, "Have you seen our airplane? This is the top. This is our top aircraft that fights battles for us, and we can't even track it on our own airspace." After you know, after the pilot ejects, I mean, I don't. Why did he eject from the airplane? Why do they have to ground the F thirty five? I mean, this is very, very concerning, and and I think people that see our military honestly. Uh, have these concerns and our politicians are willing to go, let's go, let's go fight a war on one, two or three fronts. Let's just do it. We'll win. They will not win. We will not win. Uh, very, very frightening to me. What do you think uh, will be the result of, uh, take that back. What is the purpose of those aircraft carriers where they are? One of them has 3000 Marines on there. I suppose if you ask the Secretary of Defense, he will say, well, to help an evacuation uh, mm -hmm. if we uh, release the American hostages. But wh why would 3,000 Marines actually be there? Is that not a provocation? Oh, it's, I it's said a provocation. three, I meant two, 2,000 Marines yes, in the aircraft carrier in the Eastern Mediterranean. Right. Um, yeah, it's definitely a provocation. It's, it's a preemptive threat, I guess, to... Uh, tell various countries that might fire on Israel uh, that they better not do it because we will retaliate with our standoff weapons um, and potentially come ashore. That's what Marines do. They come ashore. That, that's their kind of their job. Um, I think it's a threat. Uh, and the question is, what's backing it up? Uh, what comes after? What are we planning for? Um, I, I think some of my, my concern is our president is not aware of much. Um, I'm not sure who's running Washington. So the folks around him don't have military experience. They don't understand history. They don't understand strategy. So they're putting this over there as if uh, a very simple one-dimensional answer will be, okay, we're going to tell them if they fire on Israel while Israel is evacuating the entire country of Gaza or, or territory, that if they do anything, we will fire on them. Okay, what's what's what comes after that? And what comes after that? And after that? I don't think they had even thought it out. What can uh, Joe Biden do? Well, hundreds, hundreds were killed uh, in the attack on that uh, camp that I just told you about. Hundreds of defenseless, innocent uh, refugees in order for the Israelis to kill uh, one uh, Hamas uh, commander. And the Israelis are defending it from the perspective mm -hmm. of international law. Um, I don't even remember what I was going to uh well, what what I, would, oh, I know what I was going to ask you. What can, Do you think that uh, Biden or any of his people can say to Netanyahu, stop killing the innocents because you're going to bring Iran, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, and Turkey into this war, and we don't feel like fighting them for you? Well, they could say that. We have first no credibility. We don't tell Israel what to do. Israel tells us what to do, and that's been that well, way for quite them, a long we'll time. We'll give them $3.4 billion a year. That's right. That's right. We give them a lot of money, but it's all with no strings attached. We have no uh, policy or usage uh, requirements that we place on that. We never have. And whenever someone suggests it, it is shot down in Congress. We don't want any restraint. They can do whatever they want. 
they don't listen to us. But let's say we had a different president or an unawake president, a live president, and he said those things to Netanyahu. This is the situation. You need to rein it in uh, or these things will happen and we can't we can either help you or not, but we may not be able to. It just tells them the truth. Um, it's not going to work unless that president has past credibility and our whole series of presidents that we've had for the last 30 years have no credibility. Israel does what it wishes. Um, we fund it and we continue to fund it and we give them extra money when they run out and they don't listen to us. Now, what there is something that Biden could do and the whole world is asking that he do this and that is what? to demand a ceasefire. And he is not. And this opportunity, this most recent hospital tent tent massacre, is certainly one more opportunity to demand a ceasefire. And this would further this this would be something because the rest of the world also wants this, not just the United States. But see, right now, we are continuing by the day ruling out any ceasefire every day. No, no ceasefire. The United States does not support a ceasefire. So. Um, Who's who's doing the thinking in Washington? Because it sounds to me it's Netanyahu doing the thinking in Washington. Um, I didn't. I don't recall seeing him on my ballot. Colonel, uh, dynamic, dynamic analysis, <laughs> dynamic and courageous. You're so good. Thank you very much. The uh, the viewers appreciate you. I love you, and uh, we'll keep it up. And we'll see you next week. Okay, sure enough. Thank you. Thank you, Judge. All, all the best. Wow. Well, if you like that, more coming. Uh, Scott Ritter himself, 4.30 Eastern, Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.